It's Monday, October the 25th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, an Italian bank deal gone bad, and Biden open to filibuster reform. First, the world in brief. Italy's Treasury and Unicredit, a bank, failed to agree on terms to allow the latter to take over Banca Monte dei Paschi di Siena. The Italian government is obliged to reprivatize the world's oldest bank by April under the terms of a deal struck with European authorities when it was nationalized in 2017. It will now have to scramble to find a buyer in time. Joe Biden said he was open to, quote, fundamentally altering the filibuster. Unlike most parliaments, America's Senate in effect requires 60 of 100 votes to pass legislation. Since each party now holds 50 seats, it has become impossible for a governing party, Mr Biden's Democrats at the moment, to do anything without minority support, a distant hope in an age of intense partisanship. Opponents of Recep Tayyip Erdogan, Turkey's president, said that his declaration that 10 Western ambassadors were, quote, persona non grata and would be expelled from the country was an attempt to distract the public from the country's economic woes. The Turkish lira hit a record low of 9.49 against the dollar last week. It has depreciated by 21% this year. Britain's biggest mobile phone networks have agreed to block all foreign internet calls that pretend to be from a British telephone number, according to the country's telecommunications regulator. Ofcom says 45 million Britons were targeted by scammers this summer, including mendacious text messages and landline calls. The elderly are particularly susceptible to being conned over the phone, it says. Colombian authorities arrested Dario Antonio Usuga, a drug lord whom Ivan Duque, the country's president, compared to Pablo Escobar. Mr Usuga is the alleged leader of the Gulf Clan, considered the country's most powerful gang by Colombian authorities and notorious for drug and people smuggling, as well as illegal gold mining. German police dispersed 50 vigilantes guarding the frontier with Poland to prevent migrants entering the country. The would-be border patrollers descended on the town of Guben after encouragement from Der Dritte Weg, a far-right group with ties to neo-Nazis in Scandinavia and Ukraine. There have been more than 6,000 unauthorised entries to Germany from Poland and Belarus this year. China and Russia's first joint naval patrol in the Western Pacific traversed the Osumi Strait in the far south of Japan four days after passing through the Sugaru Strait, which separates the islands of Honshu and Hokkaido. Although the flotilla's circumnavigation kept it within international waters, Japan was unnerved by the provocative move and said it was monitoring the situation. And, fact of the day, 722%, the increase in America's hash rate, a measure of the processing power being used by the Bitcoin network between August 2021 and a year before.
America has been the main beneficiary of China's crypto mining crackdown. And now, here's today's agenda. Running low on powder. Big Tech's quarterly earnings. America's tech titans reveal their quarterly earnings this week. Facebook will start the series on Monday. If snap results reported last week are any guide, it will disappoint. Recent changes in Apple's privacy policies hurt the company, which owns Snapchat, a social media app, and like Facebook, is reliant on advertising for revenue. Facebook's recent reputation problems may hinder it too. Tuesday should bring better news from Alphabet, Google's parent, and Microsoft, both of which continue to benefit from their rapidly growing cloud computing arms. Apple is also expected to beat analysts' expectations on Thursday thanks to high demand for its latest iPhone, although it may be hit by shortages of chips and other components later this year. Amazon might end Big Tech's earnings week on a downbeat note, since e-commerce sales have slowed. The picture is mixed, but overall the pandemic-induced tech boom seems to be losing some of its explosive power. Little and late. Australia commits to carbon neutrality. After months of being hassled to beef up its climate change commitments, this week Australia's government will pledge to reduce its emissions to, quote, net zero by 2050. That would still be trailing other rich countries, says the Climate Council, an Australian pressure group. China says it will reduce emissions to 20% of current levels by 2060. Scott Morrison, the Prime Minister, is resistant to more urgent cuts. He aims to reduce emissions by 26 to 28% by 2030, compared with 2005 levels, a fraction of what many other Western countries are promising. That is because Australia's coal industry is thriving. It is the world's second biggest exporter of the stuff, and state and federal governments keep opening new ones. In addition, Mr Morrison plans to open up five new natural gas basins to fuel a, quote, gas-fired recovery from the pandemic. Australia hopes to supply the world with fossil fuels until the dirtiest countries stop burning them. That might be too late. Making a comeback. Murder in Kashmir. On Monday, Amit Shah, Home Minister and tough guy consigliere to Narendra Modi, wraps up his first visit to Jammu and Kashmir since India's Hindu nationalist Prime Minister abolished the state government two years ago. India has battled to suppress insurgency in the Kashmir Valley for three decades. Some killings have become commonplace. The armed forces, with a half million troops now deployed, kill militants. Militants sometimes kill troops, and Kashmiri civilians are regularly caught in the crossfire. Yet some violent acts can change the place overnight. The Hindu pandit minority fled following a wave of assassinations in 1990, leaving the valley almost entirely Muslim. Two years ago, Messrs Modi and Shah subjected Kashmir to direct rule from Delhi to enforce the peace. 
But now ethnic and sectarian killings have returned, especially of pandits, Sikhs and non-Kashmiri migrants. Twelve were murdered this month. Mr Shah finds himself in an awkward position, celebrating the, quote, end of terrorism while offering condolences to bereaved families. Time to Roar HSBC Reports Earnings HSBC reports earnings for the third quarter of 2021 on Monday. The British-headquartered, Asia-oriented bank share price has spent the past month recovering from a pummeling. Pre-tax profits in the first half of the year were more than double those in the same period in 2020. Nevertheless, investors fear spillover from Evergrande, a Chinese property giant on the brink of collapse. Though listed in London, in 2020, HSBC generated 84% of its profits on the mainland or in Hong Kong. It spent the first half of this year pivoting towards China, selling retail divisions in America and Europe, quote, to better serve the international needs of its wholesale and wealth management customers. More than 350 new wealth managers have been recruited in mainland China. Investors will be closely monitoring regulatory action to deal with potential contagion from Evergrande. Whatever the bank reports, its prospects depend above all on China's president, Xi Jinping. Black and White Passing After gripping audiences at the Sundance Film Festival, director Rebecca Hall's bold debut, Passing, is coming out in America on Wednesday. Adapted from a novel published in 1929 and set during the Harlem Renaissance, the film tells the story of two childhood friends, Claire and Irene, both mixed race and able to, quote, pass as either black or white. After growing apart, the two reconnect as adults, only to discover they've built their lives on opposite sides of the colour line. Irene, married to a black doctor and enjoying life among Harlem's glitterati, is startled and obsessed by Claire's decision to live as a white woman, whose husband is a prejudiced white man, unaware she is mixed race. Yet their reunion sparks the realisation that both are, quote, passing, as devoted wives and mothers, and perhaps as straight. Issuing didactic pronouncements about how to navigate colorism, Ms. Hall's black and white study reveals that its themes are anything but. Curiouser and Curiouser The Economist's NFT Auction After sending Alice down the rabbit hole on a cover that accompanied our leader and a briefing on decentralised finance last month, The Economist is tumbling down after her. We are auctioning that cover as a, quote, non-fungible token, NFT, a record on the Ethereum blockchain that represents a piece of digital media. Whereas Alice had not a moment to think about stopping herself before her fall, we thought we had never in our lives seen such a curious opportunity to try something new and raise money for the Economist Educational Foundation, an independent charity that helps students learn about current affairs. The online auction will run on Foundation, 
a platform for digital artwork, from 5pm BST on Monday, October 25th until 5pm BST on Tuesday, October 26th. Ask the Duchess's question. Shall I try the experiment? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Max Stirner, who was born on this day in 1806. The men of the future will yet fight their way to many a liberty that we do not even miss. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or by asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. 